To the Green and Gold Rugby podcast with your host Matt Rowley. I'm joined today by Scott Allen. Mate, how are you? Great. How are you? Very good. Very good. We've been slowly ramping up the excitement, haven't we? You can, and you can just feel it. It's I mean, it's just at the end of this week. Unbelievable. The uh, first test. It's almost hard to do any work today. <laughs> keep, keep looking at things, and you get a snippet of information from someone, and where does that fit? And then, then I look back at the game on the weekend and think, you yeah, know, what what does that mean? And yeah, it's great. Well, what are we going to do past Thursday when we finally get the teams? I mean, oh, there'll just be there'll be nothing else to do but pace the room. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, it. Waiting for it to start. No more guessing and second guessing. Fortunately, we've got a rugby lunch on Friday, which will take care of Friday. Yeah, that'll take care of the brain from Friday lunch, yeah, from midday onwards, I think. Um, okay, but look, before we get to that, because there's some really interesting chat to be had around uh, selection, what's happening with the Lions, because it looks like they've pretty much laid down their cards, um, probably barring maybe one position, which we can talk about. And then there's some interesting selection decisions for the Wallabies, uh, which we can chat about as well. So before we get to those, though, let's talk about the game we had on the weekend. There was no Super Rugby, so that made it all for Australian team. Well, for everybody, I guess. So that made it all nice and simple. So we had the Tars versus the Lions at the SFS. Um, it was, well, I mean, I thought it was a fantastic game to be at. I was there. Um, I uh, took uh, my nine-year-old son and a mate of his that he plays rugby with and a mate of mine and we went there. We had uh, family tickets. It was fifteen bucks a head in a sellout SFS, uh, and it was amazing. It was a fantastic sort of atmosphere to see the SFS full for rugby, uh, which probably hasn't been seen for a while. <laughs> unfortunately, I saw um, uh, what's his name, Dave Dennis, actually said, you know, that was going to be the first time that he'd played for the Tars in front of a full SFS, which is pretty sad, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, it sounded like there was a fair bit of noise from the crowd too. There was, and from from both sides. I mean, there was probably one time when the lions got roaring, but there was enough sort of. And I guess this talk this talks about the game. I'd be interested to hear from somebody who watched it through the TV, but rather than being at the game. But um, I felt you know there was enough that the Waratahs did that you know, and at the right times that kind of kept it in balance and gave definitely gave the crowd something to cheer about at least. I mean, the final score was seventeen forty seven to the Lions, and by anyone's measure, that's you know a shellacking. But you know, the Tars they didn't just roll over and they managed to land a couple of punches. How did it look like to you, without a, a pie in your hand and a beer in the other? I thought it was a great game of rugby. Mm. I really enjoyed it. I mean, that's the sort of rugby that I think you know brings people back to the game. Even though you know, yeah, the score blew out. It didn't feel to me like the Waratahs were that far behind. Mm. Um, and when you consider the number of players they had out, I thought it was a great effort by the Tars. Mm. Um, I love the fact that they just kept having a crack. I loved Michael Checker's comments at halftime where he said he had a smile on his face when he was talking to. Uh, the Fox interviewer, and basically said, hey, just keep going, have a crack. Yeah. Um, and they did. Um, in terms of the game, I think, you know, the Lions just show that, you know, every single one of their players has got test experience. Um, and, you know, they had some 
pretty close combinations to their test team there. Um, I thought the, the Waratahs' attack was pretty good, mm. but you know, look, the Lions were just that step up, and and I also thought the Lions lifted their game a little this week. Their combinations and their realignment in both attack and defence were fantastic. Mm. If you look at that that first try, well, non-try, the one that was disallowed to Zebo in the corner within the first minute, yeah, the balls kick back. They go for one breakdown, and then on a short, pretty short side, only about 15 metres, they had six guys stacked up, all in perfect position ready to attack, and the Tars had three and managed to get a fourth round the corner. Mm. It just showed how quickly they were realigning. Yeah. But, but look, I thought the... And, and the combinations in attack were great. The passing skills of all of them, the way the forwards are linking with the backs for the Lions is good. But I thought the most impressive thing on the night from the Lions was their defence. Mm. That is one solid wall. Um, it's very hard to see any team going through them. Yeah. Well, definitely not in the way that the Waratahs was play- were playing as well, where they didn't do much close around the ruck. Um, you know, they, they always took it a man or two out. And every time you looked up, I mean, I, I was set, sitting end on uh, in the north end, I think um, it is. But anyway, I was, I was sitting behind the goalposts. Um, and it was a fantastic place to sit to see that realignment, both in attack and defence. So in defence, like you say, it was just this solid red wall. They knew, I guess, you know, having watched the Waratahs, they knew the Waratahs weren't going to take too many, uh, weren't going to go through the ruck too many times. And they didn't really have a halfback that was going to threaten them there running with running. So... They really did fan out, and you could just see the Waratahs thinking, where is the hole going to be here? Because um, on phase play, they, they really found it hard to find one. And then, like you said, an attack, you know, you just look up and, you know, they, they, they'd, you know their big forwards would kind of punch a, you know, punch a couple of times, then you'd look up and they'd have a four or five-man overlap, and, which the Waratahs had to snuffle out, you know, manage somehow to snuffle out a couple of times. But I thought the crucial play for the Tars, which really just, you know, took the interest out of the game... I guess. I mean, it still made it a fun game to watch, but any real com- competition was that final try just before halftime. I mean, it was literally right on the on, on the donger, and it was just a classic. You know, the, the Lions just kind of punched it up there um, on the left-hand side of the field for them, and all of a sudden you looked up, and they had, I think it was like a four or five-man overlap for, for Halfpenny just to literally jog in. Um, and that was, you know, that just what made them so hard to play against. Yeah, and look, they were very good at, in their attack, as you say, effectively dragging defence in because they were punching so well through the middle. And if you think back to that video I did a few weeks ago about the punch and spread, mm. um, what they do is they tactically work out the right times to punch and spread. Mm. Uh, it's very rare with, with the Lions team that you actually look up and say, oh, you know, they should have spread there, and instead they punch. They just, you know, they're, they're coordinating very well between the whole team as to, and whatever the call is, everybody knows that, you know, when's the right time to go wide. Yeah. So kind of standouts uh, from the game, I thought, as far as players. Obviously, there's the Australian try scorer, Tommy Carter. I mean, he's got a mini-era call-up, hasn't he? Two tries against <laughs> the Lions? <laughs> I started typing a tweet after he scored the second try saying, surely played his way into Wallaby contention. And then I, and then I re- fixed it up and said, Waratah contention. <laughs> because that could, that could well be his last game for the Waratahs. Well, that was like his, his sprint. I, I, I want to optimistically call it a sprint to the try line for that first try. It was probably the longest sort of, you know, three seconds of, of mine and his life kind of watching him trundle down that sideline. Um, still made it, though, got over. And then, he, you know, nice little poach that he did off Skelton off that ruck as well. But, yeah, I mean, you know, 
he's he's somebody who divides everybody. Um, but as a as a you know a prolific club player here and somebody who you know he's just always played his role for the Tars. Um, and it, anyone I've ever heard who plays with him, you know, always has great things to say about him. He plugged away and uh, picked up a couple of tries and against the Lions. What a not a bad way to finish off his what our career if that's the end of it. Yeah, well, I put down four players for the Tars, and he was one of them. Mm-hmm. So whilst I'm joking that yeah. <laughs> he won't get back in, I thought he had a good game, and yeah. and everything he did was good. Um, you know, even a bit of niggle in there just to you know yeah. stick it to the Lions. Exactly. But I also thought for the Tars, uh, Drew Mitchell was really good. He did have a great game. He, you know, you could just see on the ground. I think he just really felt he had something to prove, didn't he? Yeah. Um, again, I was impressed with Will Skelton. Mm. I mean, some of his physical work was really good. Um, and then uh, I thought Foley was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, no, that's exactly... They're the four that stood out for me for the Tars. Yeah, no, that's who I would have uh, picked as well. Foley, I mean, it, it was an ugly-looking kick, but that cross kick that he did to beat them... Actually, that's probably the only other guy I would have said that um, stuck out for me again was uh, Peter Beatham. Um, I thought he was really... The th- that thing that he did, especially for that try that he where he put uh, Carter away, it, it's one of those things that you know New Zealand players seem to be able to do just naturally is know when to draw um, a couple of players and and create an overlap and then be able to offload um, and you know which he did for that try and that seems to be something that he's he's you know do, he's done time and again this year but he was very physical and he really you know really makes people. Um, you know, have to commit to to tackle him. But I mean, back to Foley. Yeah, I mean, looking up, seeing that space um, off uh, what I think was a penalty, and just uh, that little cross kick. It was ugly, but it worked. Um, he uh, showed a lot more of that. The other thing I thought he showed, which was interesting, was um, some wider passing. Exactly. You know, and we haven't seen a lot of that from him before. No. Um, it looked like you know that was a bit of foxing, I guess, from. Checker, who was kind of saying, oh, that, you know, that kind of wide passing game's not our forte, but they, they gave it a go and it worked, didn't it? Yeah, and that, look, that is where the space is with this Lions defence. Mm. Um, make no deb- every game you watch, their defensive system is the English defensive system where, you know, they, they have a wall. So what the English do in their defensive line is they have their open side winger up in the line. Mm. Um, the Lions started that on a tour. They had the open side winger right up flat in the line. But then they've compressed in. Now, I think that's because they're not expecting the Wallabies to go wide. So they're starting already to compress their defensive line. And they're offering space out wide. And if you're good enough, good luck. Now, Quade Cooper could get the ball wide and they they found space. Bernard Foley got it wide and they found space. Um, The other thing that they've now done, the problem it was causing them, sorry, was, for example, Cuthbert, who's used to the Welsh defensive system, where the open side winger doesn't go all the way into the line. They hold back a bit. Mm-hmm. That gives them the ability to drift out to the wide man or to cover the kick. As I said, the English system is play the, the winger right up in the line. I noticed on Saturday for the first time this tour that the Lions have adjusted slightly. So the open side winger is not going up all the way every single phase. Yeah. Um, but when they do and they compress in, that gives you space behind the line or behind the winger and it gives you space outside the winger. Um, but uh, can you get it there? Do you want to get it there? Is that where you want to play? And that's where the Tars found space. And and as you say, Foley actually did that. I, I reckon if you had a number of the Wallaby fly halves go down, they've got a few options in the squad. I think he's ahead of Tamua as the next one to be called up. Mm. No, he's definitely what a season he's had. Um, I mean, and just those wide spaces as well, though, you, you watch them and, 
And I guess this starts to talk about some of the great players that, the, the, you know, some of the guys who stood up for the Lions on the weekend. Um, when you go wide there, like you say, whether you want to, um, though, is that, uh, you know, they, they're great uh, at forcing turnovers. Uh, one of the guys who I thought really stood out, probably a little bit tighter, I guess, you know, Paul O'Connell. I think he really showed why he's for sure going to be in that starting team. Um, made some great turnovers and, you know, just his physicality in the defensive rucks are, is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I thought for them, in terms of the forward pack, um, Paul O'Connell was great. I thought Tom Youngs was really good, and the amount of work he gets through, and I had a look at some stats this morning, it's incredible. You know, he's number one in terms of the number of tackles per 80 minutes in the whole side Wow! Um, on this tour so far. Um, yeah, and he's just got the mobility and the work rate. He gets into breakdowns. Uh, I thought Jamie Heaslett was really strong again, and... Um, in turn, and, and so look, I thought Croft was good as well. Yeah, he was. I think you know, if there was any doubt that he was going to play in the Test team, he nailed that, and it's pretty clear now that he will be in there. Um, in the back line, I mean, Halfpenny. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I, I had a look at the stats for Halfpenny, and if you look at his 2013 performances for Wales and the Lions, so big games, he has had 52 shots at goal and only missed five. Sure. He's at ninety percent. So that that's not just how well he's been kicking on the Lions tour, which is you know I think something at ninety six percent or something. But he's ninety percent for the whole year. Jeez. So so this isn't he suddenly hit a rich vein of form. Five kicks out of fifty two missed. Jeez. Well, so I, don't give any penalties away. Oh, because because I, I thought I'd seen some stats saying that he was at seventy eight percent or something for the for uh, the previous year. But I mean it, they could have been wrong or I could have been misreading it. And I thought that gave us a hope. But if he's at bloody ninety percent, then um, yeah, it's showing us that uh, this isn't a fluke, right? Yeah. Well, those stats were for two thousand and twelve thirteen. Right. So you know the season that the Northern Hemisphere season, but they also include all these club games. Uh, okay. So I'm only looking at you know the big games when you're in front of a massive crowd um, and you've got all that pressure on. Mm. Um, yeah, I, so that's only playing for Wales and playing for the Lions. Mm. You know, I, I, I came across a, a video actually. Um, it's on a site called the Rugby Site. Um, yeah, I watched it this morning. Did you see that one where he talks about how he goes through his mental process when he yeah. kicks, um, puts himself back at this? He calls it he calls it a beautiful little ground. It, it's a, in my eyes. It was a bloody ugly little ground. Um, With the wind blowing. Yeah, yeah. It's grey skies. Look bloody freezing. And you know, you know, somewhere down the valleys, you know, around the corner from a coal mine, no doubt. But um, anyway, you know, he, he went through what his mental preparation was, and it was really fascinating because you know you, you see him do that uh, time and time again. But yeah, he was unerring, and and that's the thing about these games, and that's partly why I think. You know, you see, you see, forty-seven. You think, oh, it was a thrashing. But you know, when the guy, what did he nail eight from eight um, on 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 Saturday night? I think, um, you know, th- that's when these score lines really blow out. You know, when you when you don't miss any of those kicks. Yeah, and they just keep the scoreboard ticking along, and and they will on Saturday night. Mm. So we've got to be you know extremely careful about giving away penalties. The other guy I thought was fantastic for the Lions was Jonathan Davis. Yes. You know, it, it would appear that um, Roberts is out. I mean, it'd be amazing if he can recover from that hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I reckon that actually adds to the lines because Roberts has been okay, hasn't been outstanding, but I thought Davis has been you know, really good this tour and was outstanding the other night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I agree. I mean, that little play that they, that they ran, that um, he finished off, 
um, you know, with the with the uh, interchange uh, between them um, was 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 quite fan- fantastic. Where they they used a couple of um, sort of inside balls. You know, the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That was that was just it was beautiful to watch. Um, but just goes to show that these these guys aren't, aren't a bunch of oafs. But um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, like I say, seventeen forty seven. You know, the score line makes it feel like a bloodbath. But I mean, it was a great game to watch um, and and be part of. Um, fantastic to see the SFS full. It's you know, I actually think it's a it's a great place to watch rugby. Um, I hear people moan about it, um, but you know. It's just you know, especially when it's full like that, um, and there's loads of tar flags going on and everything else, and um, it was it was it was really good, uh, great crowd in there as well. Um, so that's them. We've now obviously looking ahead to the next game, uh, the, which is obviously the Brumbies versus the Lions Tuesday night. Uh, both squads uh, have been named um, for it, and are on on the site in our preview uh, for the match. Um, What's uh, what's taking your eye, mate? As far as you know, have these two squads are kind of uh, lining up. Shane Williams. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, look, who took, that's who took my eye. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about because I mean, uh, post Saturday night with those injuries and some others that had been brewing, uh, the Lions flew flew in from all around the world. Um, uh, a bunch of replacements, didn't they? So I think they they flew in um, Brad Barrett. Um, uh, Twelve Trees, uh, Billy Twelve Trees, fantastic name, um, and then and also um, a winger, Christian Wade. Yeah. Um, so three guys from the England team, and if you haven't seen Christian Wade, he is gas on legs, isn't he? He's just oh, isn't he, is he slippery? Fast. Oh, jeez. Um, very much. In fact, I think he's probably faster and got better footwork than Jason Robinson used to have. Yeah, yeah, he's an absolute speed merchant. So that is going to be interesting to watch. Um, and then, uh, so, and, so, and then the one though that I think got everyone talking was uh, Shane Williams, who was in Japan playing, and he's got the call up as well, and is starting on the wing for the Lions Tuesday night. Yeah, so he was supposed to be in the press box. He had a uh, speaking engagement um, Tuesday, apparently in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. He was fly- supposed to fly in on Monday today. Had a speaking engagement tomorrow, and then was going to be in the press box writing or reporting for somebody tomorrow night. And basically, when they worked out that uh, Roberts was a problem, uh, and they weren't sure about some of the others, mm. he was already on his way. So it was too late to call anybody else from Argentina, where England are playing, um, or Scotland and the U.S., where mm. Ireland and um, sorry, South Africa mm. and U.S., where the others are playing. So. Basically, he was on his way, so apparently they said, do you mind playing? Yeah, I mean, I was quite gobsmacked by that um, with all these guys, actually, is, um, is just how quickly they've had to, because I think 12 trees got here on Sunday as well, which I guess Barrett did, um, and they're going to be running out. So, I mean, that's, yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, and look, it's amazing how these injuries have all of a sudden stacked up. The Lions have had plenty. Yeah. But it was interesting, they said today in the press conference this morning that um, there's only two guys who they're saying aren't available for selection this week because mm-hmm. of injury. And one is Tommy Bowe, who is available for the second test, but not the first one. And the other is Jamie Roberts, because they're still unsure of you know, the hamstring at the moment. Mm. So they're saying uh, to a laggy with his shoulder, I think? 
Yeah, that, they've confirmed that he's fit, but he's only played 20 minutes on tour. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, you'd reckon they'd give him another week. And the other one... Um, the other one that's interesting that they haven't put into any of the squads that you can work out is Sean Maitland. He's not injured, but I think there are other reasons behind that, which we'll go into in a minute. Okay. Um, and then I look down the, the, the Brumbies uh, side of it, and it's, you know, it's just a, uh, a great you know, sort of super team, missing a few names, obviously. I think there's only, I think I was reading there's something like uh, 28 international caps amongst them. 26 of them come from Clyde Rathbone and two of them from Peter Kimlin. So it's that kind of no-names Brumbies team that we've kind of got used to over the last couple of years, but it's a good one, you know, as you, as you look down it. And I guess most of us are hoping that if any of the provincial teams are going to give, you know, what's clearly the closest we've got to a, a B-side for the Lions, a run, this could be it. Um, I mean, standing out to me there is, uh, I think, you know, the back row. It's a, it's a good, hard-hitting one. They've got Scott Fardy at six. Colby Fianga, who we've been talking about on this podcast, has been, has been playing excellently recently. And Peter Kimlin, who had the game of his life at eight last time he played there. Um, they are going to be up, up against a pretty solid unit. <laughs> Sean O'Brien, Justin Tipperick and Toby Felletow. So they're going to have their work cut out, but that's going to be a hell of a battle, isn't it? Yeah, look, I'm looking at the two forward packs, and that, that will be a great clash. I, mm. I think they're, they're pretty even there. Uh, that is a good back row for the Lions, and they all of those guys will have a point to prove, given that there's basically anyone who starts, you just can't see how they'll be in the Test 23. So they'll have a point to prove, so that could do it. But when you look at the Lions' back line, I mean, you've got Youngs um, at half-back and Hogg at 10, so they've played. But then 11, 12, 13, 14, 15... The only guy who's had any time is Rob Carney off the bench the other night. Mm. So basically, it's a complete backline outside 10, um, brand new. So yeah. they're going to have, you know, maybe, oh, well, I suppose they're training today. And, you know, oh, that's it. Must mm. be one session today, and maybe they had one yesterday. Mm. And that's, that's it. And that's versus the Brumbies, and you look at their lineup, and it's one that's played together, you know pretty much all season, you know, all, and definitely had time in and out of the t- side. So Ian Pryor, uh, Matt Tamua, Clyde Rathbone, Andrew Smith, Tavita Kuradrani, Henry Spate and Jesse Mogg. Uh, they're all very familiar names with the Brumbies, aren't they? Yeah. Having said that, you know, the guys on the other side, even though they haven't played together, you know, there's, there's a fair bit of test experience there. Mm. So I think the Brumbies must be a very good chance. Mm. Um, the bench for the Lions, when they come on, Mm. Uh, probably outdoes the bench for the Brumbies. But uh, I I think that bench will just about be the bench for the Test match. So I don't think Gatland will want to put too many on too early. Yeah, I I must admit that was a time, I don't know if it came through the TV, but, you know, with the Tars, and they were pretty much out on their feet, and then all of a sudden they emptied, the uh, Lions emptied their (laughs) bench. I think there were seven of them that China trotted out, and they're all household, you know, international names. Yeah, they put the whole Type 5 on, brand new Type 5. It was like, oh. (laughs) You know, and the Waratah scrum had already been going backwards at a rate of knots. So when that kind of came on, it was, oh, God. Um, You know, they still managed to somehow get a penalty (laughs) in in one of those scrum sets, um, uh, which was pretty baffling, I must admit, from Piper. But anyway, it was down the other end of the field. I couldn't see what was happening. Um, So, yeah, so that should be an interesting game. Um, I think the forecast was rain. Um, oh, I haven't seen that. 
Yeah, I'd heard people talking about it for the last few days. I haven't checked it up just recently. Um, but uh, I actually think the Brumbies wouldn't mind that, uh, bizarrely enough. I mean, they're, they're used to playing that territory. So um, anyway, I, it's going to be an in- interesting, interesting game because the other bit is, you know, we've seen with both the Reds and the Waratahs, they've looked to just, you know, run the Lions ragged. But, you know, the Brumbies don't necessarily play that game, do they? No, they're not going to change. So we'll mm. get to now see... Um, what an alternative strategy does, even though the Lions aren't playing their test team, they'll still be playing the same patterns. So it'll be interesting to see what, what comes of that. Mm, nice. what, what I think will happen um, is that you kick the ball to them and you could pay for it. Yeah. I mean, Rob Carney is a hell of a guy at fullback. Oh, yeah. And, we, and as we said, we talked about Wade. Mm. Uh, and, and even though Shane Williams is, you know, 36, he's still playing in Japan. He's still going to be as quick as ever. So, mm. Yeah, that's one hell of a back three, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's then talk about, I mean, you mentioned it, what this now means to the British and Irish Lions because, uh, you know, the way that you're thinking about it is that um, this, f- you know, first 15 that they're running out tomorrow night, obviously none of those guys are going to be in the, in, in the, on the start-on side for Saturday. However, the replacement bench um, also wouldn't be in the starting side, but uh, you know, if you've only got so many numbers left over, that they're probably going to be the replacements uh, on Saturday. Is that, is that way you're thinking? Yeah, so what I did was to say the 15 just won't be in the 23, unless there's injuries, of course. The, if you move the bench that is against the Brumbies over to the bench against the test, or for the test team and then put together a test team, there's only, well, there's two guys that aren't featuring anywhere. One is Tuolagi, and that says to me he's probably not right to go. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Sean Maitland. Um, and, and I reckon that Sean Maitland hasn't been named in, against the Brumbies because they're looking at it and saying, um, George North, even though they're saying he's fit, he must still be a warrior with his hamstring. And if he goes out, Maitland's probably the starter. So I think he's the only floater they've got. I think Tuolagi just will have the whole week off. I'm assuming Roberts is gone. So that would then say to me, the Brumbies, um, you know, they've got a lot of the guys that started against the Waratahs will be starting in the test team. And as I said, I reckon Maitland's the only floater. Okay. As to whether he's on the bench or whether he goes in if North has to come out. Right. Okay, well, what we'll be doing is uh, hopefully putting a post together, I think, that says, look, based on all this, this is what we think the, the two test teams are going to line up as. Um, but whereas the, Brum- the the Lions, because of this game tonight, uh, are having to kind of show their hand a bit more, obviously there's still discussions and we still don't know, even though it's probably been thought about for a while now, um, we don't know on the outside who's going to be, you know, who makes up the Wallabies. But there are a number of kind of key decision points that I know you've been thinking about. Um, I think the first one, it's been talked about ad, ad nauseum, um, is going to be at 12. So McCabe or Lelia Fano. Um, interestingly enough, and I know we, you and I have been saying forever, we think it looks like McCabe. Uh, it was, you know, interesting to see Rob Horn get re- released back to the Waratahs, uh, where they felt that he was obviously surplus to requirements. Um, but uh, last Thursday, the, the rugby club, and you know, who knows how much you can read into this, showed some opposed training. Um, uh, and I think apparently it's the closest they've got to playing a match, uh, the, the Wallabies. 
God knows who they were playing against. I obviously didn't recognise any of them. But um, the guy they had at he was they had Leila Fano on the field. Do you think that that can we read anything into that? Uh, well, one of those was that James O'Connor apparently set out most of that session. Right. Uh, for no, for no, they didn't say why. Mm-hmm. So, I think that may change things around. But I think that decision, McKay versus Lee Lafano, basically tells us how the Wallabies are going to play. Mm. It's the key decision. Are they going to try and play with any width? If they go with Lee Lafano, that would say they will be open to trying to use the width. Mm-hmm. Not saying they'll use it all the time. If they play with McCabe, I think that almost says, well, we're just going to ignore the width. Mm. The The really interesting thing is that we're all sitting here saying, oh, Robbie Deans will play conservatively. I think the Lions are, are running a narrow defence structure on the basis that they don't think Robbie Deans is going to go wide. Mm. Wouldn't it be something else if he then springs on Thursday, Lee Lafano in at 12, and they actually play with some width? Well, the other bit is now, you know, you've got Roberts out. So everyone's been saying, oh, but could Lele Afano stop someone like a Roberts and, and, and maybe Tuolagi, or, or is this what Tuolagi's being foxed over? But, I mean, basically you've got their two biggest brutes at 12, potentially at 12, set out. Yeah, yeah. So that, that makes it, you know, less of the reason why McCabe will be there. Mm. I mean, I still think McCabe will be 12. Yeah. I, I think, think they'll be trying to play conservative. I think... The other thing is that having Leo Lafano on the bench, which he must be, those two guys must be ahead of Horn, or Horn wouldn't have been released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, Horn did nothing on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to even see him on the ground. But having Leo Lafano on the bench, there's another backup 10 option. Mm-hmm. So he can slot in at 12, 10, can even play fullback. But um, I think that gives you more flexibility. So I'm thinking it'll be McCabe. That that's the first one for me. That tells me, I think, how the Wallabies will play. The second one is... I've, I've got four. The se- second one is Douglas versus Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going Simmons, you know, they're looking for probably the line-out caller and, you know, a little bit, little bit more uh, mobility. But if they go Douglas, they're looking for a bit more grunt. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they'll go with Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tells us that, you know, they're, they're going to try and you know, combat the big forward pack the Lions have got. So that makes sense to me. And I was interested there because you and I had a chat about that and when we were thinking about Wallaby 15s. And my instant reaction was, oh, well, if it's a toss-up between those two, Robbie's kind of shown more um, willingness to start Simmons. Um, you know, we, we know the Deans has this big incumbent factor type thing where he'll keep choosing somebody until it kind of becomes untenable. But actually, I think your research showed that he's actually started Douglas more than Simmons where he's had the option. So in the last eight test matches last year, since Douglas first had a crack, he started in five of the eight. He's been on the bench in one of the other. So six out of eight he's been involved. In those eight test matches, Simmons has been on the bench twice Mm. uh, and hasn't been involved and wasn't involved in the last three test matches last year at all. Mm. So, yeah, Douglas is the incumbent. Mm. I mean, Um, the, the, the other thing I'd think about there is... I know he's got better, but you know, with half pick, with half penny kicking like he is, someone like a Simmons who's been a bit of a penalty magnet um, around the place, it'd make me think twice as well. Yeah, well, I, honestly, I'm sure that Deans will go with Douglas. Mm. But if he goes with Douglas, then that probably the third choice, third decision that Hammers I think it, yeah. bears looking at is Moen versus McMenamin at six. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he would then, you would think, go with Moen for the line-out calling. Okay. So that would give you the ability to play two big locks, you know, big strong guys, Moen at six calling it. We keep hearing all this talk, though, that Palu is still struggling with his knee. Right. Which is a real worry. I mean, he hasn't played rugby for, what, three weeks? Yeah. Um, and we keep seeing reports in the paper that he's sitting out sessions and there's some doubt about him. Mm. That would throw things into turmoil. That would obviously then mean Moen at eight and probably McMenamin at six. Mm. But but I think what it'll be is it'll be Moen starting at six, McMenamin on the bench because he can cover both lock and six. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what McMenamin really gives you. He gives you a genuine option at both of those places, doesn't, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I, look, I don't buy into the Dave Dennis was sent down to get some game time and spy on the Lions. Mm. I think he was sent down because he's surplus to requirements for the first test. Mm. God, and that... again, he didn't do much on Saturday. I mean, it shows a big change in Dean's thinking if that's happened, hasn't it? Uh, if uh, Ben Mullins finally cracked it. Yeah, well, I, I think that comes back to the line-out thing, is yeah. that by having him there as the better line-out operator, and he's clearly better than Dennis, it gives him the ability to play Den- uh, Douglas, and therefore he gets more size in the second row. Mm. If he plays Dennis, he might be looking at it and thinking, well, is he really up to the line-out calling? I mean, after all, the Tars line-out's the worst in Super Rugby this year. Yeah. So um, the, he then may have wanted to go with Simmons, which you know, I think in terms of physicality weakens the pack. Mm. And the fourth critical choice for the Wallabies, again, which tells us a lot about what will happen, is I think fullback. Um, and for me, that's Beal versus Barnes. Do you think, I mean, gosh, they've busted a nut to get Beal back into the side. Do you think this is still a... I mean, and, and Barnes always offers that nice cover on the bench of um, a number of positions. Do you think this is a live one, or do you think this is more theoretical? I think it's theoretical. Yeah. I, I think Beal will start at 15. Mm. He, he gives that little bit of X factor, mm. that, and there isn't a lot of that in the Wallabies team that it looks like it'll be picked. He gives the ability just for some counter-attack... Looking at the Lions' defensive line, I can't see teams going through them. I can see the possibility of going around, but I don't think the Wallabies will. So the Wallabies' best chance is off turnover ball, it's off counter-attack from a kick, or it's off somebody doing something brilliant, you know, the little offload. You know, like Will Skelton the other night, when yeah. he rips that ball out, gets tackled, gets the offload to Carter, who crashes over... That's the Wallabies' best chance, and Kirtley has the ability to come up with some of those special little plays. So, well, he's, he's also a great little. I mean, as far as people who like chip kicks, um, he's probably one of our better ones as being able to spot the space <laughs> and execute as well, right? And there's plenty of space in behind the line, but I, mm. I don't know whether Deans will be allowing him to chip kick. Well, I mean, I think he'll be looking back. Um, was it last year when he did that chip, chip kick behind the palms? Yeah, they, and they came out with a tactic against England of mm. doing exactly that. They had a rush defence, which is exactly what the Lions have got. Mm. It's the same defensive structure, and it's the same hole. If you look back at that game and you look at the opportunities they took there, they're going to get offered the same opportunities. The problem here is that if you kick that ball and you don't get that chip kick right, you've given them position, a good field position with possession, mm. and they've shown what they can do from broken play. Mm-hmm. They're more threatening than England were that day. Yes, for sure. So I I think it'd be great. I'd love to see them have a crack. Mm. I'm not saying do it all the time, but that's the way you stop that rush defence. You you then force 
Um, they're nine to come in and cover that, which they don't cover so well at the moment. They're, nine's busy doing other things. Phillips is often up in the line. Um, whether they'll do it or not, that's the big question. Okay. So some big decisions to be made there. Um, so we're, like I say, we're going to be putting out who we think the two teams are going to be um, in a post. Uh, you can get in there and argue whether you think we're right or wrong, but I guess that focuses the mind a little bit now. And uh, as you've heard, there's still some decisions there. I completely agree with you on that top one, though. That would signal... I mean, there's a few signals in there, you know, like that he's changed his mind on Moen, um, that Rob Horn kind of dropped down, because I think we'd always thought that Horn was probably his other McCabe. Um, so the fact that he's kind of left... Uh, you know, uh, horn out, and that obviously solidifies Leilifano as being at least in the squad. Um, yeah, I mean, it, maybe that you know, maybe there's going to be a bit more here to it. And uh, well, well, the other thing is, does that a signal as a plan B? So, <gasps> I beg so, your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> start with McCabe. Got a bit of X factor at the back with Beal, mm. and then if that's not working, and and even if Jock's not working at ten, if it, if they're just not getting through. There's the opportunity to bring Leo Lafano into 12 um, or even move Beal up to 10 and bring Barnes on at the back to then try and have a crack at the wide space. Mm. So if you're chasing the game, having Leo Lafano and Barnes on the bench may allow you to bring those two things up and you push Jock out to the wing, mm. which, you know, that would be a pretty uh, tempting thing. Mm. I think it's, it's interesting if you just... As we're finishing off on the tactics, one thing we haven't seen a lot from the Lions, but I expect we will see, is the driving mall off the line-out. Mm. They've done a couple in the lead-up games, and it's always gone very well, but have you noticed how they've parked it? Yeah. You're not, you're not seeing much. They're playing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's simply because you know, they know what to do. They're very good at it, being Northern Hemisphere teams. I reckon you'll see a lot of it. Mm. Um, and the other one that I thought was interesting is the scrum. I went in, you know, a while back thinking we're in all sorts of trouble at scrum time. Mm. With the loss of Kean Healing, uh, Gethin Jenkins, Werner Pola starts and he's not a good scrummager. Mm. Um, there are some real opportunities there against him. He's fantastic around the park. But I don't think it matters who starts at tight head. I reckon they can get the jump on Werner Pola. Adam Jones on the other side, well, he's magnificent as a tight head. But Ben Robinson, you know, he'll hold his own there. So all of a sudden, I actually think that the Wallabies, if they're not break-even, they may even be slightly ahead at scrum time. Well, and, then, and, and Hibbard looks like he's going to be on the bench. Yeah, well, they could have gone with Hibbard, you know, the big, big heavy front row. Mm. Um, it looks pretty certain that uh, Tom Youngs will start. And he's not a great scrummager, and he's a light bloke. He's a little guy. So, yeah, all of a sudden, I'm not so not so worried about the scrum, and I, and I don't think it matters anymore who starts at tighthead. Well, it sounds to me maybe like the Lions have made a similar call to you, though, and sort of said, well, yeah, we could go, you know, we could look to over-egg our dominance there, but look, you know, we destroyed the Queensland scrum, we just destroyed the Waratahs scrum, but, it, you know, they weren't the most crucial things in the match. Um you know, there's a lot of international thinkers now who sort of say, look, there's only so many scrums in a match. Um, and actually, you know, if you could, if it was going to be more about maybe the breakdown, um, and a lot of their, their, their plays is, is based around the, the breakdown, isn't it? Uh, maybe that's, you know, the, the weight, the, the decision they've made. Yeah, well, the other thing is that two of the three tests are being refereed by Southern Hemisphere referees. Yeah. 
who aren't as, you know, in Super Rugby, teams with scrummaging dominance don't get the penalties they should get. Yeah. Um, whereas Northern Hemisphere referees, you know, are very strong on that. So maybe they're looking at it and saying, yes, holding the ball in, everyone's worried, the Wallabies are worried about the scrum. Well, maybe we won't hold it in. Maybe we'll play wide mm. or wider. Um, and maybe that's, maybe they won't use the driving ball off the line out. Maybe yep. they're looking at it saying set piece. Yes, we'll be strong in it and we'll need it, use it when we need to. But, but as you say, maybe it's, it's overrated in our game plan. Mm. Okay. Well, look, anyone listening, um, if you've got any thoughts on what we're thinking about with this game plan and the selections, let us know. We're going to try and get a podcast out to you uh, probably prior to Thursday's um, announcements. We'll see how it goes. But whichever way it goes, get your thoughts in because um, whether it's before Thursday or after Thursday, uh, it'll all be grist the mill to the discussion. Um, and also, obviously, we'll kind of review the Brumbies' uh, result. Um, and, you know, especially if they have a good one, then we'll obviously want to get on and talk about that. Um, because, I mean, even though that Brumbies side, you know, they're, they're playing against a side where, you know, there's kind of none of the starting lines in that first 15, it's a, it'd be a real question of momentum, wouldn't it? And uh, putting it just a, maybe a small question in the, in the lion's head in the lead up to the first test, it'd be good timing for that. It would. And as I think given the, the understrength lines, and I think we should complain about that, that they're not, they're not respecting us, but given the understrength lines with all these new guys in the back line, this is probably the best chance. Mm. So after this, it's very hard to see the Rebels um, knocking the lines off. Mm. Um, and then it'll just be down to the Wallabies. So come on, Brumbies, put a dent in their confidence. No, that would be brilliant. And help set up some of the trolls that are starting to find the site from the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the band finger the band finger is starting to get a bit of a workout um so anyway okay look uh that's been great mate and i think that's pretty much all we wanted to cover off on this quickie wasn't it that's it good one all righty well look uh thanks everybody for downloading and for listening like i say we'd like more feedback so leave a comment or the recording uh thing is still on the on the website where you can record you, your thoughts uh get them to us somehow leave them on the facebook page tweet them to us whatever email us there's a contact thing on the top of the of the website but let us know what you think what you want to talk about um because that's always good otherwise we will speak to you later in the week thank you See you, everyone.